seven, Orkham Championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Davis, step back three, bang. Yo, yo, welcome to the full 94 podcast presented by Tavour. Want free craft beer delivered straight to your front door? Go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app on your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM when signing up for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats, here with my co-host, the hoop head, Sean Green. What's going on tonight, Sean? Yo, yo, man. Just watching this Laker game, man. Can't wait yep. for this episode, man. Each episode, I've been excited to have uh, be on, man. So just ready here, keep it going. Also, just one moment, I just want to make a shout out to my daughter Zyra. She wanted uh, me to shout her out tonight. Hell, hell yeah! What's up, Zyra? And what's up to everybody out there? So we got a a big episode uh, in store tonight. We're gonna be talking uh, some hot stories and hot topics within the NBA this week. So I gotta start it off. You know, the other day, Miami beat reporters Ethan Skolnick and Ira Winderman discussed the Heat's concerns regarding Tyler Hero's on-court struggles and stardom off the court in a recent episode on their podcast. Um, and they were they were quoted saying, Tyler Hero chose to become a celebrity, Winderman said. He chose to become something outside the game, as is his right, with his breakfast cereal and his Tyler Tuesdays and his Chipotle Bowl, and that's all well and good. But you know what? Other players, when they see a player doing that before they've truly reached it, I don't know if I want to say there's a jealousy, but they sort of have a scant view of the guy and say, wait a minute, buddy, you haven't done anything yet, end quote. So what do you think about that quote? Does it have any effect probably on, you know, how Miami has been playing this year up until this point? Uh, It's very possible, but it shouldn't. Uh, It's called professional basketball for a reason. Um, first, first of all, I just want to say, uh, to address the first point of that is celebrity. You don't choose celebrity. Celebrity chooses you. Um, point, fair point. Regardless of what Tyler, Tyler Hurl can do absolutely nothing off the court and he's still a celebrity. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much irrelevant. Um, I understand the concern, you know what I mean, that it could could bring on all facets, but it hasn't truly, truly affected his game. Um, I understand the the locker room dynamic, but that's just unrealistic, too, because you hear players come on mic all the time when salary and money negotiations are on, and they always give that player respect. They always say, hey, man, get his money you know that's a business that's that's all him and now this is this very same stuff that splits our locker room so that's kind of phony to me but um as far as you know the heat goes i mean how how concerned is concerned i mean the heat weren't too concerned when they didn't want to involve the deal with harold when it came to harden yeah so how concerned are you really? I mean, who's really making the issue about it? Is it Harold or is it the Heat franchise or is it someone, one of his teammates? You know, well, that's I mean? what we that's- don't know, because obviously the guy's not going to give out his source, but he is an insider to the organization. So he definitely those guys definitely hear chatter, you know. So, I mean, there has to be some 
kind of true to it. But like you said, who knows if it's the front office or what. But one thing I think about is how things ended with Jimmy Butler in Minnesota and his kind of take on Cat and um, and Wiggins was that they just didn't work hard. And they wanted everything that came with the success of being a great basketball player, but they didn't want to put in the work, right? And maybe there could definitely be some truth to that based on the previous history we know about Jimmy Butler, you know? Right, and that could be true. But the, here's the thing. Jimmy Butler was one of the first people to vouch for, for Tyler Hero last year. So yeah. are you with him? Or are you against him? Because if that's the case, then Jimmy Butler's the problem because you just vouch for someone. Now you're just now you're going to throw him under the bus to something that, you know, is going to get leaked. You know, people are going to this is assuming this. This is assuming, you know, th- that it's him. You know, I mean, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but assuming right, it's right. him, you know what I'm saying? Um, then that would be on him. You know what I mean? Because I, 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 when when I think of Jimmy Butler, I think of a professional who wants to win. And to me, not addressing this man to man behind closed doors, where you know it's not going to get leaked out, is the way to go. You know what I mean? Especially when your admiration well, is to get far and repeat going, repeat your success from last year. You know, what but I mean? someone on the team could be like, or someone close to the organization or in the organization, like a. Uh, you know, an assistant coach could tell right. an insider, like, yeah, bro, like, Jimmy kind of fucking is upset. Like, you can visibly see it or something, you know, but within that, but that behind coach closed has, doors. That coach has no way of saying that without Jimmy telling that to someone other than Tyler Harrell, unless Harrell is telling one of the coaches, and then, then, then you know, that's another story in itself. Then, then that Or if he's, also- like... Or if he's yelling at him at practice and shit like he was with Wiggins and Cat and everyone heard it, you know what I mean? Right, right. But you know what? That's that's normal basketball with yeah, for competitors, sure. you know what I mean, on the court. So, I mean, not saying that doesn't cause friction, but, I mean, that's these are all – Especially a young guy, dude. Right, that's true, that's true. But to me, getting back to the the the, the fundamental point, man, if if – I mean, it's it's allowed to have off court ventures, right? So then, if, sure. if if that's allowed, you especially as rich businessmen and owners as these team owners are, like you know, off court ventures are any venture that requires you know, or that's banking on markability and a lot of money, you know, that retires quant, uh, excuse me, time and focus, and then depending on what the exact venture is, that might you know have. That might take tremendous dedication. So, you know, but again, that's why I stress the word professional. You know what I'm saying? But I I, I really I, I'm out, obviously we're outside looking in. I can't I don't know all the dynamics, but from right. an organiza- organizational standpoint, if that's the problem in terms of off-court ventures and celebrity, then how do you turn off celebrity for one and then in terms of off-court stuff, don't allow I don't. it. But but they, they're not going to not allow it because they know that's going to scare players away and not come to Miami. So, right. uh, I mean, I feel like they're creating their own problem in a way. You know what I mean? By well, I, I think their issue with Tyler Hero is, like, he hasn't been as good as he was in the bubble. Like, yeah, his scoring averages up, but he's shooting a lot worse than he was in the bubble. I mean, in the bubble, he was – 
averaging almost 50 percent from three and i know that's not sustainable well he's shooting a lot that was in the playoffs he's shooting a lot worse from three not from two and you know that that can change you know what i'm saying and i i wouldn't i wouldn't say the sky is falling (laughs) you know what i mean no Um, no not by any stretch of the imagination but when he's definitely not playing like you would have thought he would have taken another step after how he played in the bubble right for sure and that is why they didn't add him into the hardened trade but then he's like kind of been i wouldn't say he's regressed but he hasn't grown right? right so if you're the organization and you're investing in this kid and you see the off-court stuff and how he's you know doing what he does off the court but then on the court he's not growing as a player i could see how there's some frustration there and i could see veteran players having showing or having frustration maybe not showing frustration but definitely having frustration right, because right. they're trying to win like you said jimmy bowler is just trying to win man like that's what he does and that was his issue with minnesota so now he's kind of like it could definitely be the same situation i'm not i'm just throwing it out there you know as like a possible situation like i don't know i'm not there like you said we aren't behind the closed doors this is all he said she said right right well, you know, Tyler can fix this, you know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. you know, it's fixable problems, you know what I mean? You play well, it's obviously easier said than done. You play well, all this goes away. It's, just, it's as simple as that, you know what I because, mean? Because, Sean, just think about this. If they had Harden right now, dude, they'd probably be a top two, maybe probably the best team in the East, dude. They'd probably be that team to go through. Right. If they had Harden and Jimmy, because those are like two great compliments of each other, because Jimmy's like a great defensive player and he's a good slasher. And Harden, you know, obviously a great passer in his own right. And he could score at like will, dude. But instead, they kept Tyler Hero 15 points a game, 34% from three. (laughs) Man, that's that's that. uh... Death by potential there, right right there, man. It could, but then next year, who knows, dude? Like, Hero right. could come out and be a 25-point-per-game scorer, dude. And right. then I'm and sitting here going, well, fuck, dude, I'm an idiot. Right, right. I think we've kind of lost the art of patience, not only in sports, we have. but in life. You know yes. what I mean? So let's, let's, let's give this young kid, you know, you can't say in one 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 instance, man, he's a young kid, so you're 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 scared, but then not give him the benefit of the doubt that he is a young kid and he does have you know room to grow. So let's let's give him some time. Facts. Well, let's move on to another part of the shortened season, and that's all these injuries piling up. So, like recently, we've seen Jamal Murray go down for the season. We've already seen LaMelo Ball go down. LeBron, AD, KD, James Harden have all missed significant time due to injury. Do you think the shortened, condensed season is to blame for that? Or is it just like, a, you know, injuries happen and it just so happened to a lot of big names this year? I think it's a combination of both, but not so much in terms of the shortened season. I mean, yes, that 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 is a factor, but... It's more so um, the off-season time and layover for some of these teams that affected some of these players. But for the most part, I think it gets lost in the sauce that a lot of these teams actually got more time off or uh, 
not necessarily more time off, but it's it's not to the they they didn't get the quick of a start that it's being promoted. Let's say like that. It's only been about four teams, four to six, four to eight teams. That's really you know, kind of had the quick turnaround. But right. to me, I think you know, COVID in this you know unprecedented situation has took um, a lot of players' regimen, you know, normal regimens away, and I think that you know, kind of hurts. And, um, you know, people are just thinking about a lot of different stuff in life right now. You know, you, you, your res, I think a lot of people's regimens are kind of thrown off. Uh, obviously the dedicated are going to remain dedicated, but I think, I think these players are kind of been like normal people this, this off season. They're kind of just, you know, well, they should be normal people every off season. They should be normal people every day. True, but you know, again, that that comes to that celebrity statement I said earlier. Celebrity chooses yeah. you. It uh, you don't choose celebrity. You know what I mean? So, but you know, at the end of the day, yes, you know, injuries come with sports. You know what I mean? I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, it might the injuries may be down. It just doesn't maybe seem like that because it's been hitting a lot of stars. Yep. But um. Well, I think missed games has gone up because obviously we're seeing more guys rest, but that's also, like you said, it's kind of a mixture of a lot of things. It's like a yes and no answer because the game is being played at an incredible play- pace right, right now. Right. Um, it's actually the pace is actually down from last year, surprisingly, but the pace is only a little bit down from last year, but you're condensing games. You know what I mean? So I do think injuries have been down because they, we've been, guys have been resting but at the same time like i'm not shocked that there's injuries because of the pace that they're being played at plus you know coming off that i don't even remember how long it was it was like a month and a half right of of uh off season plus it's like a weird time of year too on top of everything that just a, a weird year man right but it's, it's tough to just blame injuries on a condensed season because injuries happen all the time right like who's to say what such particular injury caused how that was caused like that's pretty mm-hmm. hard to say you know what i mean so obviously the more you know war, the more your body is you know being overworked obviously you're more prone but right. it, who's to say someone that got that same exact injury overworked wouldn't have got that same exact injury just you know playing in this second second minute or like a gordon hayward situation like you just you know it's just it's just your time like it yeah. just happens you know timing is 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 the of the essence in in every facet even if it doesn't yeah. have to deal with actual time like it's just timing something is just happens you know what i mean so I think that's just kind of what that is, too. It's just a combination of things. I can't really say it's just one particular thing. It has. And I wanted to, like, kind of segue that because, you know, we were talking about resting players, too. Like, what's your opinions on on players resting? Because we're, we're seeing it actually being talked about among guys that vote for the MVP. Like, this is, like, the first time in recent memory where I've really heard guys that vote on MVP, put an emphasis on games played. Right. 
Well, I think it's kind of be a, it's kind of been the talk of somewhat the last few years, but this is definitely the biggest. It's it's been chatted about for sure. So I do agree with you, but um, because like I mean, a lot how, of people have let, a let me, can, can I ask you this before you before you ask that? What what can you argue against games played? I mean, that is a pretty yeah. tough argument. <laughs> Not for sure, and like that's part of a lot of people. I, obviously, Jokic is like running away with it at this point, but a lot of people's argument, you know, even weeks leading up until this point was that, you know, Jokic has played every game. Right. And, and his but, team is but, needed, but not, needed not, him every game. Right, right. And, 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 and not only that, to match, he's, he's actually worthy. It's not like just media driven, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So when, you, when you're actually worthy, that, that, you know, that definitely solidifies his position. Do you think going um, forward, though, like even in a regular year next year, do you think that we're going to still hear about, you know, games being played? Because now, you know, the media has been talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it for this whole year. So it's just going to be like, don't you think it's going to be like a thing going forward where now it's like. Well, that's who that's that's why it would be important to know who's voting. We never know who's voting. So are not fully everyone, you know what I mean? And if we do, we don't know till after the fact or only a, a, the privileged are, are, are the ones that... And hella know. dudes I vote say they're voters, though. Right, that's true. Like, that's especially true. when you, like, listen to, like, uh, you know, ESPN Radio or Fox Sports Radio and they have, like, you know, Chris Broussard on or Mark Spears or, you right. know, these big basketball writers, Frank Isola, they're like, yeah, I have an MVP vote and, like, this is who I'm voting for. <laughs> like, they always say that. Well, I say that to say this. I would ask them, what's the criteria? How many games is is enough or not enough? Otherwise, it's just up for speculation. What's what's the point? You know what I mean? If we don't know these things. Yeah, so that's kind of why I brought it up, because Chris Broussard it votes on – he has a vote. And he always talks about – like, that has been his argument for Jokic, like, all season. If you listen to him, is he's like – Oh, he's played every game so far, and his team has obviously needed him. Like, imagine if Jokic didn't play with Jamal Murray going down now, too. And he's, the Nuggets are still right there. Yeah, and then it's funny to hear that, you know what I mean? But some of these people that are debating they didn't play that many games are some of the same people that would vouch for certain players if they like, for example, I, I even think I'm not saying that, you know, you're one of those people that are the hypocrites, but you're one of those people who say, you know, LeBron, you know, he's an MVP because look at his team when he's out. For sure. For sure. So, so how can you use not you in particular, but those set of people, how can you say that? When someone's not even playing, you're saying he's an MVP. But then when someone is playing, but just not playing enough, isn't that's that that just doesn't make sense. No, that is me. And I'll tell you how it makes sense, because if I mean, look at the Lakers without LeBron. He, he had that team without AD as a top two seed. And then he goes down and the Lakers are like barely treading water, like just waiting for LeBron to get back. Right. So my point is, 
you're giving him MVP credit because since he wasn't playing, they got worse, but he didn't well, no, play. Because no, I wouldn't vote for LeBron as MVP by any stretch of the No, no, no. I, I know. We're just, we're just giving an example. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so in terms of, of that criteria, someone is getting – LeBron would be getting credit for actually not playing because his impact is being shown because the team got worse without him, but he's not playing. But so someone, I think – but someone who is has something to do with it. Correct. But someone who is playing, but kind of in and out the lineup. But when he is playing, he's impacting the game too, but he gets credited for not playing. See what I'm saying? That's kind of a contradiction. All right. So, so Sean, let's, let's create the criteria right now. So let's take a hundred percent between from zero to a hundred percent. What are you putting in that hundred percent and what percentage, like, are you putting in impact like 25% healthy, you know, 15%. So that puts us at like 40%. And then contribution, obviously, production has to be like 60%, right? Or 65%, right. 70%. So I mean, how would you break that up? Because I, I don't think I don't think there's any logical way you could anybody could vote for LeBron with, with how many games he's played, but you can still make an argument that he's that he still is the most valuable player, even though he might not win the award. You know what I'm saying? Because like how many MVP should LeBron have realistically? A lot more. Let's just put it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, that's like how many MVP should Kobe have? Kobe got robbed of. I mean, I don't want to say Rob because Steve Nash is one of my favorite players, but like if we're being real, anybody that watched the game during that time, like Kobe was the best player on and, the court night in, night out. Hate to get sidetracked, but just to answer that, um, <clears throat> A lot of people knock Nash in that Kobe topic, but regardless if it was Nash or not, Kobe should have won more. Like, let's let's take Nash yeah. out the equation because that's when people start, you know, trolling Realizing. on Nash. Yeah. yeah, and start and start unappreciating Nash's time, and that's not well, that's, that's because not cool. he played. That's because he played next to Shaq. But I mean, in uh, 2002, he he could have won MVP over Shaq well, that year. True, but. But what I'm saying is post Shaq and 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 not the years Nash was playing or winning MVP. There was years where Kobe should have won and he didn't. I felt in 2008, Chris Paul should have won that MVP. Uh, you know, what? I'm not it. mad at that, but I felt like it was kind of like because that was, was when Kobe okay, was like here, getting here, his here. image back, and like I felt like that was the writers being like, "Yo, sorry, we fucked you out of at least one MVP." No, nah, I can see that. I'm I'm not necessarily debating against that point, but here would be my criteria in that particular yeah, yeah, race. Criteria. Right. See, I don't think there's need. I don't think there. I don't know if there is a set criteria. So, so I think the next best thing would be a set criteria year by year because not every year is the same. So why would Sorry. it be? Why would it be the same criteria? You know what I mean? Especially in such an opinionated, you know what I mean, um, voting system. So, but I feel like you have to be consistent, though. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what everyone. I don't mean to sidetrack even more, but no, no. I feel like that's everyone's like uh, why they hate the NBA Hall of Fame because they just feel it's so inconsistent, right? Like we don't know who gets in and who gets out because it's like different from one guy to the next. 
Well, my argument would be there. The Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame. A season by season is is this can change. You know what I mean? So it's more of a so if you what I'm trying to say is if you put if you look at each season with its particular criteria, it would put right. things in proper perspective for that particular year it may not make yeah, sense yeah. for the next year but why why does it have to it doesn't have to okay. do with anything with that year no that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense but so, i mean so, like so so for example my criteria with that chris paul and kobe bryant year yes i i think you could have made the the argument chris paul uh could have won the mvp but the difference there and it would have been fair especially in a voting system that at the end of the day, since it was that close, who's the better player? I mean, that's fair, but I mean, like you just said, we were going season by season. Like, who is the best player that season? Right. And but, in two thousand eight, I mean, dude, Chris Paul had that uh, Hornets team. They won almost sixty games that season. Right. The team that that in the right. West too. You're right. But again, <clears throat> you can't say just because he made us a, a, a more inferior team better that mean he had a better year. Because so Sean, he averaged twenty three points, eleven assists, and almost six rebounds a game that year. And he also, you know, touched the ball literally every play. It's a different brand of basketball, like. You know, not to say that Kobe didn't, but see, this is the thing. People say, oh, Kobe had Pau Gasol or Shaq. Well, then that means he got less touches. So what what stats to what stats of that Chris Paul line? Yeah, but I'm debating Chris Paul and Kobe in 08, not Chris Paul and Kobe in 02. (laughs) Right. But my point is, I don't I don't I, I may not I may not be explaining myself correct. But my point is, Kobe Kobe had Pal Gasol. Not let's take Shaq out of the question. He had Pal Gasol in 08. Right, right. So, and a lot of people say he had another star. So automatically, this is stars. When stars play with another star, automatically, without anything being proven, they already get minus down a leg in terms of an advantage of winning the MVP because people say they already have more help. The, the Nets are going through this right now. Not saying that they have a legitimate voter because, you know, again, they haven't played enough games. Yeah, exactly. There's that, that, that game point. But my point is to say, at the end of the day, again, I, I, I'm, I would have no problem with anyone voting Chris Paul there. But what this is when stats, how much does stats matter? Production matters. No, no, stats are just a way to measure production, right? But again, when someone's if see someone can have the better season but not be the better player in that very oh for sure hundred percent. So that's my point. So if it's that close, regardless of who's winning the stats, if someone is the better player that year, regardless of who's having the better season, I can see someone choosing the better player. If that they don't sense. ever that do wrong that. Wrong or right? Wrong or right? No, no. I feel. I, no, I totally. I hundred percent agree. But I feel like that might be the only year that's happened. Like that hasn't happened in the last ten years. Right. 
But again, you know, that, that, that speaks to my point of how you would vote it year by year opposed to just how right. you would vote it, you know, in general. But, you know, that, that, that's a very, you know, like, you know, that's that's a tough. Yeah, very, it's all subjective. We could go, we could argue <laughs> till the sun comes up on that. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, well, I mean, let's let's move into some more postseason stuff. We spent a lot of time. We went we went off the off the canyon on that one, but that was some good stuff. Basketball, but head, man. But yeah, but let's <laughs> talk about let's talk about some uh, the playing and the seeding battles. You know, before we went on air, we were kind of talking about the Western Conference, how um, it's pretty it's pretty much set for the most part, and then the East is like four to ten could like flip in the next week. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, what's your, what's your take on what's going on right now? Um, you know, the teams that are hot, Washington Wizards are hot. They won six in a row. The the uh, Golden State Warriors have been hot as well. Who do you think ultimately gets into these playoff games, though? And for as far as the East is concerned, like, do you see a big switch up in those seedings going forward, especially with the Hawks? Um, Trey Young, he's going to be out a couple of weeks probably. Yeah, I see the Hawks going down. Uh, I don't know how far, but I think they'll be going down just a little bit. But you know what? They they they've been playing well in spurts without him. But that but that's but that's been short spurts. So I'm I'm not sold either way. That would just right. have to play itself out. But um, I think the Knicks may drop a little bit too. I feel like the Heat and the Celtics may, you know, exchange with the Knicks and the Hawks. In, in what order, I, I don't know, but I think those two teams, four teams kind of flip. Um, I think, man, I, the Wizards may may move up a little bit. I think the 10 is pretty much in uh, the Bulls. You don't think the Bulls can make it? The Bulls, the Bulls have a chance still. They're, 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 I still giving them a chance, but I yeah, think. They're only half game out. Yeah, I think. I think the 10 either – I think the 10 might be set, man, with the Bulls being the X factor of determining which which of those other 10 are not getting in, obviously. But, man, like I said, I, I, I like I – I think the Celtics and the Heat are trending forward slowly but surely, and uh, I think the Knicks and Hawks go back. So, I think – so, as of right now, the Heat and the Wizards would meet at the 7 and 10, right? And the eight nine will be Hornets and Pacers. That's currently, but I'm I'm thinking it might be more like the Knicks and Wizards, seven and ten, and maybe the Hornets and Pacers and eight and nine are maybe. I keep, I keep telling myself the Knicks are gonna like just start to lose, but they haven't. Right, and at this point, I'm starting to believe in them because they're definitely the best defensive team in the league. And Julius Randle, I mean, the first half of the season, I was like, dude, this guy's having an incredible year, but it could just be an anomaly, right? It could just be like he caught lightning in a bottle, but it looks like he's really worked on his game. I mean, he's shooting almost – I think he's shooting over 40% now from three-point range. Right. And at 6'9", oh. and, like, the way he plays defense, like, that's a game-changer, bro. Right. Overall, their their team offensive rating kind of scares me, you know what I mean? I'm like – when so one the problem of, is like in a playoff game, I don't think they can get in the buckets, bro. Right, and and that's what scares me with them. You know what I mean? They they're gonna make the playoffs. You know, and they're gonna pretty hold pretty steady here. You know, to end the season, but and they're not gonna they're not gonna be an easy out either in the playoffs. But 
I just like you said, man, I just don't see who who's the bucket getter here. You know what I mean? Especially from the outside. You know what I mean? When you just can't get to the rim all the time. Well, RJ Barrett's been playing better. For sure. Kind of been why they he's I feel like more than Randall, like since he's been playing more consistently and at a higher level, like that's been when we've seen their ascension. And then they got Emmanuel quickly too, who I think isn't should be in the rookie of the year running. Obviously, he won't win it. Um, but he should at least be in the conversation because his production as well has been a reason why the Knicks have been good. Right. And let me ask you this question. Has has uh Mitchell Robinson kind of had that impact you were talking about in terms of him not not playing? Is he is he is he missed? Not because Nerlens Noel has come in there and Nerlens Noel, he should be in the defensive player of the year conversation, but he just doesn't play enough minutes because before he was um, playing backup. But, I mean, he's having a phenomenal defensive year. He's number one in defensive win shares, number one in defensive rating. He's averaging almost three blocks a game. Like, he has been a game changer at the rim for the Knicks. Um, And they haven't lost a beat since Mitchell Robinson went out. And you could – you could even argue Nolan's Noel was playing better than Mitchell Robinson was. Right. I think at first it was uh, – I'm not going to say it's because of Mitchell Robinson, but it, they hit a wall for there for a little second. But like you said, once once you start counting them out and be like, oh, okay, it's, it's not the same old Knicks, but, you know, pretty much that's kind of how you would, you know, assess it. You Once you feel that way, like you, you then they come on and win games you don't think they're going to win. So that's that's a good sign. And I mean, I think going forward, they're in a good position, too, because obviously New York's a place that can attract a free agent if the team is good. And I feel like they're only like a piece away. Like you said, they need a bucket getter. And those are like the hardest guys to find. But but hear me out. Listen to this, Sean. So I got I got this uh, proposal and I think Bulls fans and Knicks fans would like this. So if I'm the Knicks, dude. I reach out to the Bulls this year, and I'm like, yo, look, your core isn't going to get it done. You guys know it. How about we trade you Zach Levine for R.J. Barrett? I love it from a Knicks standpoint. Um, I'm not in love with it from a Bulls standpoint, but if I'm the Knicks, I, I, if, if, if so I so what else get... do you think? If you're the Bulls, what else would you ask in return? Uh, I, I would definitely ask for a draft pick, uh, and and I'd they give would you have a draft pick, and they would have to make uh, the the contracts work, obviously. But would that 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 next player that makes the contract worth is that worth? Andre Barrett for and giving up a draft pick for you know what I mean so well that's what I'm saying if if RJ Barrett continues this he could be that bucket getter for the Knicks but I'm saying if like he doesn't make that ascension this year and there's still a possibility he could make that in the future and that's what the Bulls will be banking on plus obviously if you're the Bulls at this point I would be looking at all right I got Vucevic under contract for two years I got Levine under contract for two years I don't think a core build. I don't think there's a player out there that I can get reasonably or logically that's going to elevate this team to contend. So why am I going to spend all this cap on a team that's going to maybe be fighting for the seven seed? 
And are you talking about the Bulls or the Knicks? I'm sorry. I'm talking about the Bulls here. So that's why I'm if if I'm the Bulls, I would look into taking a guy like RJ Barrett in return plus some draft capital. Now you make then a, I can rebuild. Right. Now you make a good point because the team that they're trading to has kind of took taken on that model, right? They they they've taken on flexibility, yep. you know, uh developing slowly but surely some in-house talent, you know what I mean? Uh drafting well and just not putting themselves in the hole. So, yeah, I mean, from a Bulls perspective, it does make sense from that aspect. Um, but I don't know what type of message, you know, because this is it's important to be in these inner circles in the NBA because I don't know what type of message that sends. You know, once the Bulls, you know, finally <clears throat> get aggressive at the deadline, they trade away their best player. Oh, no, they're going to – I don't think they're going to do it. No, 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 but I'm saying and we're talking, you know, just hypothetical terms, you know what I mean? If this what kind of message go, would that be sending? Yeah, because that it's That we like, fucked up? <laughs> and it's not that this will be the first time a franchise has ever done that, but, you know, players that are in the now, you know, they take that in consideration, you know what I'm saying? Players yeah, 20 yeah. years from now are not going to care who are who are going to come to the Bulls, but the players of now, they they – they look at that stuff. They they give their heart and 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 all their blood, sweat, and tears into not only the the bull or the 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 team on the court, but also in the community. And you just trade them for flexibility, not even for a a, a true winning situation. You're just yeah, but Bulls fans are they want to win more than I think they want to just make the playoffs. Like they have, they saw six championships. Right, and I think that's my point. I, you, you're, you're making, you're making the RJ Barrett move to stay flexible, but that's oh, not necessarily. That's not necessarily to... winning, though. That's not necessarily a winning move. At least not based on the well, fact but, that he's well, not. But, all right, mm-hmm. so they keep Levine and Vucevic. Who do they add in free agency that's going to make them a better team? Good question. You know what I'm saying? Like that move isn't there. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the cap would be if they were to get Lonzo. But yeah, and even they could get Lonzo. But you think Lonzo puts him as like? You think he's? That's what I was gonna say. Even if you acquire Lonzo, I'm not even sure if that gets you to the realm you're looking for. You know what I mean? So I don't think that. And they just traded away draft capital to get Vucevic. So it's not like they can trade for someone else. They don't have the the assets for it because at this point, I mean, how much value does marketing have right. or Kobe White? They don't have much value. So well, see, this this is part of the the even though you're not suggesting tanking, this is part of kind of tanking because if you if you're almost saying not you, but in these type of situations where teams are in these predicaments, it's almost like if you don't have a chance to win a championship or be close to competitive, at least for your conference championship, if you're not that, you have to be sorry. Because you, if you be sorry faster, then you have the potential to be better quicker. So it's kind of like, you know... It, well, I just it, think from a business standpoint, though, if I'm a team owner... And I'm paying like three guys 90 million to barely fight for the playoffs. Like, I'm like, all right, well, why are we paying these guys max money 
So like, that's obviously not a core that's going to win. And at some point you have to tell your fan base, like, yo, we're trying to win a championship. Right. And obviously Karnasovic, you know, he took over basically this core traded for Vucevic this year, but that doesn't mean that a trade isn't out there that can improve this team, you know, beyond even if that means moving Zach Levine, because Zach Levine could be a great player for another franchise where the player they get back could be a perfect fit for what they want to do. Right. Well, I I don't disagree with you, honestly, because I have said on platforms earlier this year that Zach Levine isn't the problem, but things revolve around him as the problem because how the Bulls structured their payroll. Right, exactly. And I I agree with you. And I think for Zach Levine, like, I think as if he's on a great team, he's like the second or third option. He's not the first option. Right. And, And see, that's the thing. That's where the option thing comes into play, because it's not necessarily if you're truly that option on the court, it's what what is your dollar amount equating to? You know what I mean, and I think that's what your 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 team suffers from too with with um, Middleton and Drew Holiday now. Not that these players aren't valuable and 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 nice players in their own right, but when they make a certain amount on your cap and they're not exactly what they're being pushed as, that makes it harder for your team to be you know as good as it could be that's why i was stressing on i believe that was the first podcast could have been the second one but i don't see why teams i know they don't necessarily try so i don't want to say i don't see why but teams need to start getting better at building from one or two stars depending on what type of star that second star is you have to somehow sell him well that's the thing with like levine and vucevic like I feel like Levine would flourish with New York because Randall's a great passer and Zach Levine's a great slasher. So that benefits his strengths. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I think that's the good thing about Milwaukee too, is that Middleton benefits well off what Giannis does well. Like they just, they mix very well. That's why they're as good as they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think anybody would sit here and say Chris Middleton is a top 15 player in the league. You know, but he's a 20-point-per-game scorer, and he plays well off the ball, and he also handles it pretty well for a big guy, and he's great defensively. Right, right. And I think it'll it'll also, uh, you know, take that uh, – bring out the accountability on the defensive end for Levine, too, even more playing under Tibbs. So yeah. I agree with you, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if Chicago's ready to make that move. I'm not saying that they, they would they would be right if they were to do so. Whether, but you know, I I just don't know if they're ready to make that move. But I agree with you. You know, I I definitely don't think they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna try and make it work with uh, Levine and Vucevic, and at least half of next year. And then if it doesn't, then they could probably figure out what way they want to move. You know what I mean? Agreed. All right, man, before we get out of here, I mean, we kind of touched on the MVP race a little bit. Rookie of the year is kind of like up in the air with LaMelo Ball and coming back from injury, right? Do you think that LaMelo has a chance to win? Like we were talking about with games played? I was about to say, it's it's the same argument, right? 
Yeah. So. Because, I mean, I think he's been the rookie of the year. He's do- he was doing things that only LeBron and Luka have done in the past 20 years as right. a rookie. Right. So that's the thing, man. Did, did he have the best season? I think that's just what you have. Forget games played, all that. I think you just have to, to look at it like that. And if you do, it's to me, it's easily the mellow ball. You know what I mean? But Anthony Edwards has been nice of late, too. For sure. But I think, I think LaMelo, LaMelo has been more consistent. When he struggled, it was more so struggling because he played with more guards that were ahead of him. And, you know, he was coming off the bench more so when Anthony Edwards, when he was struggling, he was actually playing more. Yeah. So uh, LaMelo just, to me, has been more consistent, just more impactful. But... Yeah, Anthony Edwards, man, he, he he's been looking pretty special as well. Hey, that Timberwolves team is going to be interesting next year. Talk about a team that we need to figure out what's going on with. Yeah, because to me, the Timberwolves are they're 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 the that team that has the talent but doesn't have the pedigree. You know what I mean? Like they they're to me they're like one player away one right player away from really being scary but it's just I don't know where that player exists that it would really realistically be in Minnesota that's just not gonna happen you know what I mean they but, have a they, they're gonna get a top three pick sure if that top three pick comes out amazing that's that's gonna definitely make them more scarier but it's, they're just one of those teams, man. Where if you don't if you don't get a LeBron or someone special to start there, it's almost yeah. like how do you get better? You know what I mean? I think a big cause, part of cause, Minnesota's cause all, issues is health too. For sure, for sure. Because all the most of their players are are you know from not from there, but you know their core players were drafted there are heavily you know. They had to go out and get somebody. Yeah, so it's like, who who else could you attract there? It's like you have to really, really, you know, win the lottery. Like, it's a real lottery. You know what I mean? Because there's there's no other way a team like Minnesota is going to get better, man. And and there's no way, no way they're getting a free agency in this climate after the things they have endured the last couple of years. Hey, man, thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. That is my name, Sean Green. Yes, sir. We will see y'all next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a good one.